0: Well, we've got a great episode for you today. Uh, In this episode, we're going to be talking about the perfect morning devotions plan. Uh, Because I think for many Christians, when it comes to to reading their Bible daily, they wonder, how many chapters should I be reading? Uh, Should I be studying deeply? Or should I be reading more broadly? Or or how long should I be spending? Is 10 minutes enough time? or, Or should I be dedicating several hours We answer all of those questions and more and offer you the absolute perfect morning devotions plan, all now on this episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the Redeeming Productivity Show, where we talk about technology, techniques, and theology in the light of scripture to help Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. I'm your host, Reagan Rose. You know, There's nothing quite like beginning your day with reading God's Word and, and spending some time with Him in prayer. And I know for me, having grown up in a Christian home, it's been an important uh, value that's been instilled in me since my youth. I, I remember uh, my mother talking about um, having her quiet time each day, and it was just something she did every single day. And of course, she like I said, instilled that value in us as well. And specifically, I want to talk about today about the Bible reading aspect of that. And the reason I want to talk about this aspect is because I think that a lot of people struggle, a lot of Christians struggle to know what they should be doing when they read their Bibles each day. You know, you talk to 10 different believers about what they do when they study the Bible each morning, you get 10 different answers and I can't tell you the number of times people have asked uh, me, you know, over the years, as I as I have led Bible studies and and been in different capacities in in um, in the church, uh, what what should I do? What's the right thing to be doing? Is this enough time? Is this enough chapters? Am I going in the right order? Should I just read the Bible cover to cover every year, or should I be going deeper? I mean, they're legitimate questions, and and people struggle, and they want to know what the answer is. Well. You are just so lucky that you've tuned in because I have all of the answers to this question. Now, then, without further ado, I present to you the perfect morning devotions plan. If you undertake this perfect, flawless, perfect, again, plan of devotions, I can promise you, I can guarantee you that your life will be perfect You will be the greatest Christian who's ever walked the face of the planet. It will be incredible. And you just have to do what I say next. Now, you hear this and you think, wow, I want that. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad you do because I'm about to tell you. Here it is. The perfect morning devotions plan. So you're going to want to wake up um, first around 2, maybe 3 a.m. Okay. You'll see why in a moment. And you begin simply, it's really simple. You read 15 chapters of the Bible beginning from Genesis onward, uh, and that repeats about every 90 days. So you're going to be reading through the Bible cover to cover four times a year. And that should only take about 45 minutes to an hour each morning. Simple, right? That's not that hard. And then you follow this with um, just a quick one hour of intercession um, prayer. Um, and then you're going to want to next translate one chapter from Hebrew, from the Old Testament to English. That should take a couple hours. And then you're going to translate one Greek passage uh, as well in into English. Um, it should be about noon here, so feel free to break for lunch at this point. Um, we skip breakfast in this plan because there's just not enough time for it. Now, after you've done your translation work and you've had yourself a, a nice little lunch, then you are want to get back to things, okay? This is important. Now you're going to want to dive into an inductive word study. So, somewhere in the dozens of chapters you've read that morning, you're going to pick a word and you're going to do. spend about an hour researching it. You may need to go to a theological library. You may need to... Uh, Take a break for a few years uh, and get an advanced degree in order to do this. But um, take care of that and then get back to your daily devotions and uh, do your inductive word study. Following that, you're going to want to zip back over to the Bible um, for probably about three psalms. You're going to read three psalms and then another 30 minutes of prayer for the nations, you know, for the missionaries. So um, including time for meals, this whole plane should should put you probably at about bedtime by the time you finish this. Um, And so you're going to want to make sure you get to get bed early because you need ample rest so you can get up tomorrow and repeat the perfect morning devotions plan. There you go. You're welcome. End of podcast. I'll see you guys here next week on the uh, redeeming. I'm just kidding. Obviously, sometimes people can't tell that I'm kidding because I'm so hilarious, but I am joking. This plan's ridiculous, right? Yes. Why wouldn't it be great though? I mean, I mean, on the one hand, you're like, yeah, that could be kind of nice if you could just give your life to studying God's word. Uh, but the problem is it's not really possible unless you're like independently wealthy, you know, like a Thomas Jefferson type guy, you need to spend all your time making machines, reading the Bible, inventing democracy, et cetera, et cetera. It's just not, it's not really possible. And, and the reason I started thinking about this recently is I was talking to a friend and uh, he had gone through seminary as well. And he had, had said, you know, when you add up all the things that I mean, they told us that we need to be doing um, each day, it's really not possible. And, and actually, most of the things that I listed on here, actually everything on here that I listed were things that at different times, um, different people had said, you know, you need to make sure you're doing this every day. Well, you can't do it all. And this is, this is the whole point. This is the whole point of the sarcastically titled episode is the perfect morning devotions plan doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's not out there. You're not going to find it. And believe me, I've chased after it myself, you know, because you do want like, you're like, okay, I, I want to have these different elements involved as um, yes, I'm studying God's word each morning. And, and even with the prayer aspect too, I want to make sure that. I'm 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 praying in an orderly fashion so that over time, you know, I'm I'm covering a variety of topics. I'm praising him, I'm adoring him, I'm giving thanksgiving and I'm praying for the needs of different people, mission like all those things are good, right? I've tried to figure out ways to include all of those. At the end of the day though, it's just not enough time to do it all every day. And I think also, you know, when we're when we're searching for what we should be doing we're not really clear in our thinking about what the goal is, and so we're seeking some sort of ill-defined goal, such as like a sense of communion with God, or maybe uh, it's just an increase in our knowledge about the Bible. You know, oftentimes people don't think through why they're reading the Bible each morning. You know, is it just purely educational, or is it is it, is there um, a communion aspect to it? Is that what you' How do you know if it was successful? Um, or is it just something you do because it's like, well, that's what Christians do. And so I have the checklist of things Christians do. So I need to check off this box each day. And that's really all that matters. And if I do that, then I'll go to heaven. And That's not right. That's legalism, man, quit it. And so we're always trying to tweak the formula or, or maybe you're not thinking about it at all. You just do what you've always done. But I want to talk through some of the principles that should guide our thinking on what we read each day in our morning devotions. And let me start with this. Let me start with this first principle that, that I think sometimes people don't think all the way through. When it comes to what you read each morning in the Bible or how much or how long, let's be clear on one thing. There are no scriptural prescriptions for this, right? So I mentioned earlier, the concept of morning devotions, it typically includes those two components, prayer and Bible study. Um, but why do we do it? Why do we do it that there is, I said, there's no definitive scriptural prescription for daily devotions or quiet time as people call it or morning watch or, or my appointment with God, which is my favorite one. And you would be hard pressed to find a, a passage in scripture that says, read your Bible every morning or even every day. Why is that? Well, there's a good reason. In fact, before about 1450, Having a Bible in your home was really just a privilege reserved for the uber-rich. We didn't have the movable-type printing press, you know? It was around 1450, Johannes Gutenberg invented that, and then Bibles over the coming centuries became more prevalent, that people could have a family Bible. Uh, before that, I mean, what, three-quarters of Christian history, right? the overwhelming majority of believers didn't have the luxury of sitting on their couch with a cup of coffee, Instagramming their devotional time. Hashtag sad, you know, their intake of the word for most Christians throughout history, it came from the public reading of scriptures and from the exposition of it that they heard on Sunday in their churches. You say, okay, well you're telling me there's no, um, Bible doesn't tell us to read the Bible every morning. Sweet. The lazy among us might hear that and think, great, now I can sleep in and not feel guilty about about that anymore. Excellent. Thank you, Reagan. I will turn off the podcast now. Well, please keep listening because that's not the point I'm trying to make. I think that instead, our response to knowing that, that we live in this time of uncommon blessing, Uh, with access to the Bible, so many books about the Bible, um, all the access to good Bible teaching that we have available to us through the internet, Uh, our response to that should be a gratitude that drives us to diligence in our consumption of the word. You know, what I mean, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be oh well we have all this but we don't need it because no one else has needed it before us so let's let's just not do it. It's not a matter of oh you need this as some essential aspect of, of basic Christianity to to have access to um, a daily reading of the Bible of your own personal copy of it. It's not about that or that it's intrinsic to salvation. No, the point is this: people who are, are who love Christ, people who are Christians love God's word. It says it in Psalm one, the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. People who know Christ, who are in a right relationship to him, who are indwelt by his Holy spirit, they desire, they love his law. They love the word of God. They love the scriptures. And so they want to be meditating it day and night. And so a lover of the law of God um, looks at these uncommon blessings we have in the era that we happen to be born in, where we have unprecedented access to the word of God. He thinks, this is amazing. Lord, why would you allow me to be born in such a time as this, where where I can listen to an audio Bible on my drive to work? I can read in a bazillion English translations and compare them and understand them. I have commentaries from brilliant authors who can help illuminate that for me. I have um, the internet where I I can listen to to preachers and find articles on different aspects and different passages and, and learn and grow and go deeper with my study of God's word. This is an amazing time to live in for a person who loves the law of God. (laughs) You know, that, that, that should be our response. That should be our response. We should say with the psalmist in Psalm 119, 97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. That's what we should say. And we should shout for joy that we have such access to it. Let me just say this. Our motivation for studying God's word each day shouldn't be guilt. I think a lot of believers have a somewhat legalistic mindset when it comes to reading God's word each morning. They feel guilty that they read just one chapter. They feel guilty that they only gave 10 minutes to it. And oftentimes, sadly, some preachers, some teaching, um, encourage this guilt as a motivator. They say, God's only worth 10 minutes of your time. My goodness. You give more time to the Facebook than you do to the word of the living God. Shame, shame, shame. That's how they say it. That shouldn't be the motivator. The, the reason you read the Bible isn't to say you read the Bible. The reason you read the Bible isn't to check off some Christian checklist of legalistic duties. If that's something Christians do, and if I do it, you know, God's not going to like me anymore. No, you read it because you want to know him, because you love him. And so having that shift in mindset from, I do this because I have to, to I do this because I love to, is going to change how you think about it in a very, very, very fundamental way. You know, someone says 10 minutes is enough. Well, says who? Maybe 10 minutes is fine. Uh, My hope is just that this would free you up to consider your morning time in the word of God as a privilege and not as a burden if you can make that mind shift that, that it's not, you don't get up and do this because you have to, you get up because you love to, that is going to make all the difference in the world. This heart attitude with having that heart attitude in place, you are free to consider a variety of options for how you go about it, because you're not trying to check that box in the good Christian column. You're seeking to delight in the word of the God who you love. Okay. With that said, I am not advocating that you don't have a plan, okay? So I've said all this stuff about that it's it's not guilt that should drive us, that it's love and a desire to delight in the in the law of God. I still think that having a plan for how you go about what you're what you get up, what you're gonna read next, that that still is helpful because I don't want you to come away from this thinking, oh, well, my, what he's saying is my emotions should guide me. If I feel like, you know, delighting in the love, in the word of God this morning, then that's when I'll do it. No, 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 no. You, you need discipline. You discipline is a Christian virtue and it helps you, helps keep you honest. It helps keep you on track as you steer through this stuff. I mean, if you let your feelings guide you about whether or not you're going to read the word of God each morning, uh, feelings ebb and flow. And I don't know about you, but mornings are an especially heavy time for my feelings. No, I think it helps to have a disciplined guide in place. And of course, when you wake up and you feel that you um, that you're not feeling like reading the word of God, and you're like, oh, this is a burden." Well, yeah. You need to repent of that and say, Lord, my heart's not in the right place. Um, will you help me? I, I'm going to read anyway, because I know that this is this is good and it's right. And I'm going to trust that y- you will help me uh, to, to change my feelings. But you repent of the, of the, of the bad feelings, of, of the lack of affection, the lack of love towards something that is objectively good and glorious and lovely, namely the word of the living God. But that doesn't stop you from actually engaging with it, with reading it. Does that make sense you can't answer me? This is a one way thing. I'm picturing you nodding in your car right now. Well, I thank you. I'm glad. Thank you for the feedback. Um, yeah. So as we've noted, no perfect plan exists. So plans important, but no perfect plan exists. What are the principles then? What can we look at for principles that should guide us in choosing our morning devotion plan? Let's start with one big high level question. What is the objective of our morning devotions, right? I've said it over and over that we don't just read the Bible just to read the Bible. Okay. What's the point? The ultimate goal of reading the Bible is that our character would be transformed to be more like that of Jesus Christ, such that we would lead lives that glorify God, the father. So ultimately we're trying to have, let the word of God do its work in us to change our character so that we can glorify God with more of our lives, okay? This is key, you don't read the Bible because it's just something you do, you read it because it transforms you, it changes you more into what Christ wants you to be, and uh, a person who glorifies him with his life through obedience, through um, uh, through trusting him, through glorifying him with your life. And this happens by deg- degrees, okay? It doesn't, you don't just read the Bible and suddenly a character is transformed, understanding the process is helpful. In fact, um, my pastor, Phil Johnson, he recently gave a sermon on Psalm 1, and he explained this the logical flow of this process from, from reading, engaging with the Word of God, all the way to your character being transformed. He explained all the steps in between that, and I found this tremendously helpful. I'll link to the sermon in the show notes, but here's basically the outline of how he explained it. I thought this was just so helpful to me. Okay, so first... How do, how do we go from reading the Bible to it changing our, our character? How does that process work? Well, first, we hear the word. So, so this may be through it being spoken in our, in our churches or, or taught on by our pastors, or it might be reading in ourselves, as we're talking about in our daily devotions. And that then provides fuel for our meditation on the word of God. Okay, so reading the word of God provides the fuel for meditation. And this is key. Actually, this meditation aspect is the linchpin of the whole thing. It's not just enough to read the Bible. We have to understand it and apply it. That's what meditation, when you're meditating, when you're chewing on the word, that's what you're doing. You're thinking about how it fits together. You're, you're, you're understanding what it means. What was the authorial intent when it was written? What am I to take from this? How am I to apply it to my life? What does this mean for me? How does this synthesize with the other things I know from Scripture? How does it fill out my systematic theology? Right? That's what you're doing when you're meditating. You're chewing on the Word. So, reading the, the Bible, in a sense, provides the input for that meditation. And uh, we see the charge to meditate over and over in, in the scriptures, uh, to meditate on the scriptures. The scriptures tell us to meditate on the scriptures. <laughs> uh, in fact, in the Old Testament, God often charged leaders of the nation of Israel to be diligent in their study of the word, but not just their study, their meditation on it. Um, Joshua 1.8 is a famous passage So this book shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success right so the the book shouldn't depart from your mouth, you shall meditate it on meditate on it day and night. That's the charge that God gives to Joshua, and again in Psalm one, which we read earlier that the that the blessed man's is delight is the law of the Lord, but not just not just as it is delight, his delight leads to what. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He's chewing on it. He's thinking on it. He's applying it. Psalm 119, again, verse 15 says, I will meditate on thy precepts and regard thy ways. We meditate on these things. So getting that daily input of the scriptures helps to feed that meditation. Okay, so then what happens? So you read, then you meditate. And and then what happens? How do we keep going down this this um, chain towards character change. Well, as we meditate, I had mentioned, you apply it. So next, meditation leads to a change in convictions or, or beliefs. Our beliefs, what we think about things like who God is, what man is like, what is our purpose in the universe. Or we start to have our beliefs changed about the loveliness of righteousness and and the repugnancy of sin. See, these things are changed by degrees, little by little by little, with chewing on the word of God, our beliefs and our understanding, they're they're transformed. And these things, they change through exposure to and meditation upon the word of God. So what does that lead to? Well, next, a change in our convictions will lead to a change in our conduct or our behavior. See, it's not enough just to be hearers of the word, James says, but James one twenty two. but prove yourself to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. It's not enough just to have your thoughts changed. You have to have your beliefs and convictions change, and that that will naturally result in a change of conduct. You know, God's word is not simply a, a textbook to say, yes, now I understand. That is true. These are facts. It's something to be understood and believed and then obeyed. It issues commands to us. We can't just memorize those commands. We must actually put them into action. And, and that is the life of obedience. And so you see how these all fit together. You read the word, you meditate on the word. It changes your beliefs and convictions, and then you start to obey it. Your conduct changes and a change in conduct, a change in obedience. That is, is this is an act of love towards Christ. Remember Jesus said in John 14 verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And how can we keep his commandments if we don't know them and if we don't believe them? And how will we get that if we didn't read them and meditate on them? Okay, and then finally, this whole chain over time, through meditation, changed convictions, changed conduct. Over time, we actually become people marked by walking in obedience to the Lord. Or in other words, our character changes. And this is that goal, right? We read, we meditate, we believe, we obey and we grow. So how does knowing this goal of Bible reading help us to decide what to do for our morning devotions? Well, here's the rub, knowing that there's no specific scriptural prescription for how we're to read or what we're to read each morning. Let's take this ultimate goal of, of having a changed character from reading the word and let's reason backwards. What kind of a devotional plan will help me meet that goal? Well, let's get a little bit more specific. Remember I said that the meditation aspect is the linchpin of the whole thing. Then let's ask this question. What kind of devotional plan will help me to meditate on the meaning of scripture and apply it to my life? As you look at all the different options out there, what you could be doing and, and what you can be doing. The goal isn't simply, well, which one's going to help me read the most amount of Bible fast enough? Which one's going to help me to um, dig in the deepest and, and become the most knowledgeable? Those, those, are, those are important things, but the main goal of it is this. Which one is going to help me meditate on the meaning of scripture and apply it to my life? And, and you might augment that through, based on some personal circumstances. You know you're struggling with a certain issue. Uh, of sin, or or there's something you don't understand, then find the passages that deal with that and, and come up with a plan for how you're going to dig into those so that you have fuel for meditation because you want that, that meditation to transform your belief, transform your conduct, and ultimately transform your character. So look for plans that help you to fuel your meditation on the word of God. And there's tons of ways of doing this. And let me just, uh, I'm going to name a bunch of different types of plans real quick, but before I get jumped to that, let me just give you just a practical piece of advice right now, different plans for different seasons. I think that one of the things that that confuses people the most when they're thinking through what the perfect morning devotion plan is, is you think that you have to come up with one that's going to work for all seasons and all occasions for the rest of your life, that you need to come up with this thing, lock it in, and you're just going to do that until you're 95 years old and you die. Some of you may live longer. Um, you need, that's, not, that's not what we're trying to do. Like, I, I, I change it up all the time, and I know lots of other people who do. You come up with something for a season that's helpful, and then you get through that, or you find that it ceases to be as helpful as it was, and you change. You don't need to figure it out for the rest of your life. So sometimes, let me list some different things you can do. Sometimes you can read just a chapter a day. Sometimes you you want to go through Bible in a year plan because you want to have that that broad exposure, which is going to help inform even when you go deeper. If you have the broad exposure too, sometimes you want to do really, really uh, something that that's going to be going through the Bible, but a really quick clip. So right now I'm actually doing a 90 day through the Bible plan um, because I haven't read through the I've not done like a year through the Bible thing in several years. And so I'm thinking, okay I need to get some broad exposure again. So I'm doing an intensive Um, sometimes you want to do whole books in one sitting. I find that especially beneficial and it's really easy in the new Testament. Um, because a lot of those you can read in less than 10 minutes. Sometimes you want to do something where you write it out. Okay. Like there, you have like a journal and you rewrite what you're, what you're reading. Well, why would you do that? It will helps you to think through every word, a pen and paper, just thinking through each and every word and what it means that you might find helpful. Sometimes you can, you can use a ready-made devotional book. You know, there's lots of quality ones out there that help you. If the goal is to help you fuel your meditation, um, maybe you need, um, help being assisted in thinking through and and even having that modeled. What does it look like to meditate on the word of God? Well, a good devotional book is going to help you do that. It's going to model that. Um, if you know, uh, original languages, Greek, Hebrew stuff that's helpful too. I go through seasons. I, I don't do it every day, but I go through seasons where I spend time having that as part of my devotional plan, doing some Greek, doing some Hebrew each morning, because that helps me go a little bit deeper, helps me to, uh, to meditate more on the meaning. Pray as you read. Um, there's a great book. Uh, I think it's Donald Whitney, uh, has a, on praying through the scriptures that's an excellent practice too. As you read it help you process it and you pray it back to the Lord, asking for help in those things that are commands, um, seeking to praise him for those things he's revealing about his character. It's a wonderful way to meditate. Another thing you can do is, is have a pen and paper with you, not to write out every single passage, but to just go through the process of asking questions. So what does this mean? I write down observations. Well, that means this and this and this, and and do that as you go, jotting down things. It makes your brain go through the the process of thinking and meditating, and and maybe you'll go look and search those things out. Maybe you won't write then. You know, I think of um, the different Bibles I have on my shelves over the years, and I I am one of those people who writes in their Bibles, and I just I love looking back on those because there's there's things that I I have the evidence of when I first started thinking about something that later became a very strong doctrinal conviction. I was like, wait, does this mean this? And then I'm looking back on that, like, you know, 12 years later, I'm like, yes, it did young Reagan. And that's a really cool thing. But that process, remember you're trying to help feed that process of meditation on the word of God so that it kicks off that chain of changed convictions, um, conduct and then character. So yes, Go through different seasons, do different things, find a plan that works for you right now and and run with it for a time. Sometimes read for depth, sometimes for breadth. Use help sometimes, you know, the commentaries, devotionals, other times just read the word by itself. Ask questions, make observations, seek out the answers to your questions, uh, find someone to talk to about the things you're you're studying. Uh, You can study a single verse for an hour or you can read a whole book in an hour. The, the, the options are limitless. And for the one who loves the law of God, what an exciting treasure trove we have in the scriptures. And there's so many ways we can approach it. And, and that's just a really cool thing. Don't, don't take it as a burdensome thing. See it as something exciting. You have a lifetime to study the word of God. So let's do it each morning. Let's get to work and, and study a little bit at a time and and let's do it the right way. We're not just doing it to get knowledge. We're not just doing it, um, to try to seek some kind of mystical experience no we're doing it because we want to fuel our meditation so that we can over time be changed more and more into the likeness of our master it's so freeing it's so freeing to know that you don't need to figure out the perfect plan forever just different stuff different seasons and let me say this too if you try something for a while and find that it it's not feeding your meditation uh very well then you may choose to drop it. Sometimes you might want to stick it out just to to finish it, you know, and help to train up discipline in your life. But sometimes you just drop it. I, I had a, a bad plan recently I was trying to do, and I just found that it was, it was too little each day. You know, I was reading through, um, a very, uh, verbose commentary as I went, which is great commentary, but I just found in the time that I was spending with it, I would re- be reading and thinking on half of a verse and I was losing the thread over time. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause I didn't have enough context of the scripture itself. And so I, I keep reading that stuff, but I'm, I'm not using it as, um, as the way of, uh, of my personal devotional time in the morning. I'm trying to get more scripture, uh, in my diet. So yeah, if you find something that's not working, Hey, Just drop it and do something different. You have the freedom to do that. Uh, Let me give you just a couple keys to any of these plans uh, before we wrap up. One, whatever you do when you're reading the scripture each morning, pray at the beginning for help, for insight. Look, God wants you to know his word. He is glad that you are studying it. Ask for his help. Ask for the aid of his indwelling spirit, who also is the one who inspired the scriptures themselves. So that's great. You have the aid of the author himself. Um, and ask for help to understand, to grow and not just to understand, but to, to, meditate on and chew on and, and, and to become more like Christ a second, be realistic, be realistic with our plan. Don't, don't do something ridiculous and you're like, well, it's just, it's just a simple four hours a day. And I just know that it's important to be in the word of God. So I'm going to tackle these four hours and we'll get it done. And then by the end of week one, you're like, you know what? I can't do this. Don't be dumb. Just do something that's realistic, even if it's a little bit each day. And like I said, you can change it later. Just change it up. You say, you know, I'm going to start reading one chapter a day. Wonderful. Do it. And then over time you say, you know what? I I can do more than this. Then do that. It's fine. I'm not judging you. Nobody is. Uh, Read for understanding. Third, read for understanding. Remember, it's about fueling your meditation. Don't just read a bunch of verses with your mind half off. Or have an audio Bible on in the background while you read a different book or something dumb like that. Like you can't, you need to listen. There's nothing, it's not a magic talisman reading the Bible. You know, just the act of doing itself confers some blessing. No, it's it's the understanding of the word that transforms us. It's not just having it heard. So we got to listen. We got to read for understanding. Um, and fourth, be consistent. Man, this is a chip away project. Reading the Bible each day is is a very uh just a long term thing. You're not trying to do something grandiose, but putting in the time every single morning for a lifetime, that will leave a massive, massive uh dent in your spiritual life in a good way. Fifth, talk about it. Keys to uh to a good Bible plan, talk about it. If you have someone in your life, uh other believer, spouse, friend, sibling, whoever, pastor, maybe someone who disciples you or you disciple, talk about what you're learning that feeds and fuels that meditation effort. Um, as you think it out loud and hear feedback, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. When, when believers gather together and, and talk about what God's teaching them through the word, it's very precious. And and then finally, just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Delight in the law of God. Delight in the reading of his word. Uh, have that just be a precious time in your day each morning, uh, as you open up the word of God and you dig in and, and you ask for his help and, and, and you think on it, just enjoy it. So let me just conclude here. I hope that this has given you some ideas, maybe even helped ease your conscience a little bit. If you were feeling guilty that you weren't reading the right amount of Bible each day, um, or the whole Psalter every morning, just Remember this, keep that goal in mind, make a plan that works well for you in this season of life, and then just start feeding your meditation with that scriptural fuel every single day. And it is true. The Lord will transform you over time. Well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope that it's been helpful. Um, I have lots of links in the show notes today. I've written some posts previously on, on why reading your Bible every day is the best way to be productive. Uh, wrote one on meditation that might be helpful as a book suggestion in there. I've got a link to Phil Johnson's sermon, which I referenced earlier and which I drew heavily from. Um, yeah, uh, please uh, don't forget to subscribe. Leave a review if you haven't yet. Um, that's, that's always helpful. Helps other people find out about the podcast. And uh, I'll catch you here next week on the Redeeming Productivity Show.